Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Um, Lamel Spain, one half of the breakthrough. And I'm Margaret Bays. And on today's episode of the Breakthrough Podcast, I want y'all to strap yourselves in because it's going to be a wild ride. My partner, LaMail Spain, has been waiting for years, many, many years, to record this episode entitled The Prison Break. How having a chronic illness, disease, or condition can feel exactly like being in prison, solitary confinement even. And now we're going to talk about how to break those bars. So at this moment, I just want to say, LaMail, please take it from here. Um, I want to thank you for that nice introduction because hopefully y'all can, like she says, strap in. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and already say part my French because this topic has been one that I've been wanting to talk about ever since 1998. Oh my goodness. 84. Um, and then when it happened to me in 2013, so it's very, very um, personal. Um, so if I get too animated and colorful, that's why. Because um, two people were prematurely taken from me and it almost took me out. So yes, we breaking out of prison. I people that know me or have talked to me about the breakthrough, I described it like we breaking out of prison. You know, my business partner is very articulate with her words. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, as y'all know, I use double negatives. I ain't got no and all that. Uh, I, but you, you know, do have, but you do have such a way of getting your point across. Yeah, um, yeah, I make sure you know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so tell yeah. us, so tell us about the experiences that you've had with chronic illness and disease that are personal, that took a lot of stuff, and and how you've kind of dealt with all of that for all the time that you have. Tell us about that. So basically, I was six when my grandmother was taken from me. Oh, boy. So I, I was, yeah, I was, you know, knee high to, chest high to, uh, 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 grasshopper. Yeah, grasshopper, but uh, they say horsefly or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> like I was small, you know what I'm saying? Um, and then in thir 13 years later, it took my mom out. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I was only 19, you know? And then when I was 35, it knocked on my door. <laughs> um, but I say a prison break because I never stopped trying to get the answer to how they caught. I mean, most people say diagnose, you know, I don't. If you could chest a chest, if you could catch a chest cold, you could catch cancer, you could catch lupus, you can catch MS, whatever, fill in the blank. So 
I would talk to doctors before I caught MS. I would talk to like doctors and like people that, you know, um, did like foundations and stuff like that. And I would ask him like, how, how can you, uh, how, how, how does someone get lupus? You know, and they will always say it's complicated. And I hate that, you know what I'm saying? Like you're a doctor, you know, or you so, are a person. So, so it was kind of like, they would say it's complicated and you felt like what, what I mean, what, like what, it's okay, so it's complicated. So break it down for me, but they wouldn't. They, or they wouldn't. broke it down. Huh. They just, it's complicated and then they moved on. I'm like, but you're a doctor or yeah. you expect me to call you doctor, but now you are quack. You know, and then when that same statement or phrase was given to me, um, and I would try to help them, you know, like with my mom, I didn't know what lupus was, and huh. I, I equated it to cancer because my grandmother died of breast cancer, and her, my mom's father, which I never met, died of cancer. Um, I've been told. So I thought lupus was cancer. You know, I thought it was a thing and oh, okay, cancer. So I'm, I'm trying to build a story to help to digest what has just transpired. And then when they would say no, cancer, lupus is not cancer. It's something else. It's an autoimmune disease. So what is the autoimmune disease then? And then they would, your body's attacking itself, blah, blah, blah. Even though they didn't know that I went to school, you know, I was in college. So I was trying to connect dots, you know, oh, taking health classes and stuff. And then, like I said, when it, to when it was told to me in 2013, well, actually it was January of 2014 when they read the CAT scan. And I was trying to help the doctor, the quack. <laughs> um, I was like, well, you know, um, I played football 12 years of my life. And then I also boxed. And I was actually on the verge of taking Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I was taking Caprera. And I was trying to take Muay Thai. So I was trying to give him, you know. So you were basically, so you were, so you were basically trying to get him to say that your MS had something to do with like having your brain concussed or something like that. Yeah. And, he and basically, uh -huh. what'd he say? He basically said, no, MS has nothing to do with your brain getting hit in the brain. And so now because I'm a very inquisitive person, <clears throat> I was like, well, what is it? And he said the same thing that they told me about my mom. It's complicated. Mm -hmm. disqualified yourself from me recognizing you as a doctor you are a quack sir so mm -hmm. I can't really listen to you anymore so so at, so at, with that you basically did what when you so basically what I ran to the bible <laughs> and that's when I really, really started studying the Bible. Like I would read it every now. And then. I, I read, I read, I read the Bible. You know what I'm saying a lot, but mm -hmm. it's just for the stories. I was reading it for the stories, you know. 
Oh, that's she, that's interesting because last week we were talking about storytelling and how stories universally since the beginning of time have helped us to explain things that are really hard to explain and things that we need to get control over. So how did the Bible help you at that moment? At that moment, I was basically like, okay, so if y'all saying that the Bible is real, then in Psalms 103 and 3, it says, I will heal you of all your diseases. But a verse before that, it says, it talks about iniquities, forgiving your iniquities. So hold on. So you will forgive me for my iniquities, but you ain't going to fix this chest cold that I got. <laughs> but hold on. I know that you healed the lady with the blood issue. 12 years, she went around, went to doctors. They took her money. She still had a blood issue. But she said, if I could touch the hem of his garment, not his arm, not his leg, not even any of his body parts, I just need to touch his hem. Mm. If I touch him, I'll be healed. And she was healed. But he also had other stories. Jairus' daughter who was dead, uh, Lazarus who was dead, he told him, come on up out of there. And he came out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, so now this is where the rubber meets the road. Is this stuff real or all these things factitious? And then I took it even a step further. He healed himself. Hmm. He rose from the dead. Three days he was gone, and then he raised. Well, is that true or is it not true? Hmm. You can't say one is is true and then the other ones. No, no, we don't play like that. I don't play like so, that. So in other words, this uh, crisis in your own health and sort of how it was resonating also with what the loss of your mother from a similar illness that was also autoimmune and then the loss of your grandmother from something that was ostensibly uncurable. The first place you went was to your faith for the answers and you started asking a lot of questions and digging in deep. So this sort of brings me to that after a person gets a diagnosis from a chronic disease, illness or condition, there is kind of like a shock that happens. And I'm, it, you, I'm sorry. I'm tell you like, then I'm going to give it back to you. Gonna, Somebody wants Mm-hmm. Somebody once said, there's no atheists in foxholes. <laughs> who said, who like, said that? That's really good. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I just remember I, I heard it from somewhere. And I can say that that's true. When I got put in prison, I ran to this book that everybody tells everybody to read. And I was like, all right, I'm not just reading it no, no more for stories. I'm trying to see if this real or if it's fake. Cause if it's fake, I'm letting everybody know it's fake. <laughs> and if it's real, I'm gonna let everybody know it's real. So like I've been telling people from prior re- weeks, I say, you got to get in the game. Get off the bench. You either going to use the pot or get up. 
there's a line waiting to use the bathroom. So do whatever you got to do and get done. You know, so that's how I felt. I was like, you know, um, so this was a, this was a this was a tr this was a true crisis. This was a yeah. crisis. This was a true crisis. Yeah. Multiple sclerosis. Like they told me that that's the crazy. They told me what was going to happen to me, but they never told me the answer to this. Or oh, you're going to get an F, sir. You're going to flunk this class. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I need to do to study to get me a good grade? Um, you can't. It's complicated. Just take the L. Are you crazy? Oh, oh, oh. So you basically got handed a chronic disease diagnosis and a death sentence? Well, I gave myself the death sentence, the death sentence because their alternatives, like before the MS, I would look at the everybody that really watched car, uh, commercials. It's more drug commercials than there's ever been back in the yes may, yes and you may have an and i leave commercial and maybe being gay and then the rest are cars food and stuff like that but now it's like all seems like all drug commercials but it's all good but so what do you um, so what do you attribute yeah i remember when i was a kid the only time in my life I really watched much television when I was a kid. And honestly, the commercials that I remember were like good and plenty. Yeah. And uh, let's see what else. There was uh, uh, Oscar Mayer Wieners. Um, yeah. I remember the these were like, those were the commercials. I don't remember yeah. anything about, about pharmaceutical drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what do you, what do you make of that? I mean, which, what do you say? that america is sick like the stat that you give is not like what you think is truth you know america it's more sick people in america than they are healthy and i'm talking about real health not looking good in and out of your clothes i'm talking about real health well, the, well the cdc agrees with you the statistics are that um uh, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying i'm agreeing with you yeah, so yeah, you know, so, yeah. That that that, uh, that it, almost fifty-two percent of the American population, one hundred forty-nine plus million people, have at least one chronic disease, and uh, I think it's uh, quite a few more. Quite a few within that number have more than one at the same all, at the same time. Yeah. All I'm saying is like, basically, it was game time. You know what I'm saying? Like my whole life has been a sport. Like I remember you and I talked before and I said, um, I work better when I'm training for a sport or training for an event. And I was like, my new sport is MS. <laughs> I'm trying the game. You know what I'm saying? Um, so when the MS was presented to me, and they were saying that there is no answer. And I already gave y'all the, the disclaimer. So if I cuss, if I say some things, I apologize, but I'm going to say it. So when they gave me the diagnosis, as they say, I was like, I'm not going to live with this. Maybe your mama going to live with it, but LaMail don't live with shit like this. <laughs> 
so wait, so, so so wait one second wait okay so so I always thought I mean I am a person of a certain age as you know i'm 61 and i've been around the block lived a life done a lot of stuff but i've never i've i'm i set an intention many many years ago to have excellent physical health which i've realized as the time goes by is a lot more complicated than it seems it's a lot more to it than just eating right and exercising it's a lot more complicated than that and, you know, so I've had my share of battles as well. None like MS, cancer, no chronic disease, but battles with everyday stuff. But it, but from what I know intellectually anyway, about a chronic disease like cancer or MS or lupus, my godmother had lupus. She lived with it her whole life. Um, that's another story for another time. But I feel like people, when they get handed that diagnosis, sometimes they feel isolated. They lose their optimism. Yeah. yeah. They begin. Not- yeah, they begin living kind of on this continuum between where they feel like. Sell that. The doctor sailed that. Why would I go oh. to a class that the teacher is telling me, Margaret, I'm glad you came, but you're still going to flunk. Oh my God! Oh, so oh, so the doctor just made it for the made it that way for you is what you're saying? Yeah, like it was like uh-huh. he he said it. He was like, you know, we can't fix this, and I kept I kept giving him examples like, dude, I bust my knee to the white meat. Now that's that's a southern slang. <laughs> what is it? You did what to the what? <laughs> I bust my knee to the white meat. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> the white meat was showing like I I fell. <laughs> I mean, it was white meat. It was bleeding, but it was the white meat. And so <laughs> like, but after a while it healed, you know what I'm saying? And my <laughs> athletic training background, they talked about, you know, when you get a scar, you can massage it so that the new scar uh, the the new skin that is laying on that scar, you can you know uh, massage it so that it goes in the same like uh, direction as all the other skin, so that you don't you know tear the, the scar and then it gets open again, all that. So I'm trying to tell his doctor because at that time, 35 years old, and a lot a lot of the doctors, a lot of the doctors, I'm not picking on them. I'm not picking on them. I, I didn't call them doctors anyway. I call them white coats. And I wasn't talking about the gender or their race. I was talking about yeah. the garment. Yeah. A lot of those white coats, they think that you don't know stuff. Because even before then, I had a boutonniere finger. Do you know what a boutonniere finger is? A boutonniere finger, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting an education today. So, so now I'm telling y'all, I've been waiting on this day for a long time, so y'all need to sit down and just listen. Look, a boutonniere finger is um, when your ligament in your finger, it slips. And so the finger never straightens again. So it's always bent. So when I got MS, a lot of times they would look at my fingers because I had two. I had one on my right hand and one on my left hand. I never got them fixed. 
You know what I'm saying? And so it's okay. I still can use my hands and everything, but it's a boot near finger. The ligament has slipped. Okay. You know, okay. it's not like it's supposed to. Uh-huh. And so I would say that when they would examine me because they was thinking, you know, okay, with your MS, your joints are going to get stiff and you're not going to be able to be mobile. And so they look at my hands, they'd be like, oh, so is this from MS? I'm like, no, nah, it's a boot near finger. And they would be tripping. Like, how did you know that? Um, I can read. I went to school. Um, my undergrad degree is in athletic training. Um, yeah. I got it playing flag football. <laughs> it's a boot near finger. And it's like, wow. Um, yeah, it is a boot near finger. I'm like, duh. Like, uh, I can't read. <laughs> I can't pay attention. So, <laughs> but I, so, so what, you're say- what you're saying is that the medical community, when you got diagnosed, um, made a bunch of assumptions that maybe you weren't somehow capable of understanding what was going on in your body they didn't uh, to explain at least initially and um that that was frustrating it made you feel maybe angry oh it frustrated them i thought it was a joke that's uh, that's a big sense of humor i have like they would they would um they would um um test my myotones and dermatones you mm-hmm. know what my tones dermatones are <laughs> Tell us what are they? Myotones are the nerves that affect your muscles, and then uh, myotones and muscles, and then dermatones are the ones that affect like your nerves and stuff. So, like, um, um, you know how Babinski, where they tickle the bottom of your feet, and you're supposed to jump because you know that's you talk about reflexes now. Yeah, 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 reflex stuff. But they thought I didn't know. And so I'd be like, oh, so you you tested my myotones, huh? And they'd be like, what are you talking about? How do you know that? Um, I don't know. I just read, um, it was on Sesame Street yesterday. (laughs) But the thing is, is like, so excited about this. And yeah, I'm bouncing all over the place because I'm so excited and I apologize guys just bear with me because this has been a long time coming like um uh uh what's my man he sung the song uh change gonna come um uh uh come on it's an old school song because uh it'll come to you yeah Obama had it in his inaugural the a change gonna come um but anyway um I've been waiting on this episode for a long time and the change is going to come. You know what I'm saying? Just follow us. You know what I'm saying? Follow us. We're going we gonna to lead you to the promised land by any means necessary, by hook or crook. You know what I'm saying? Because So, so clearly one of the things that has been extreme, I mean, when you were, I understand, the way I understand it, you went through some changes, obviously, after having been diagnosed with MS and there may have been a period where you felt isolated and maybe you were a little bit looking at yourself from like, as if you were kind of outside of your body looking in and maybe you had some fairly significant struggles from day to day, but somehow you worked through all of that, the pain of that, the emotion. I've never had pain. Thank God. I've never exhibited 
any pain. I didn't even know that pain was associated with MS. Like, it wasn't until I went in the hospital in 2017, and the 2017 episode was all my doing. MS didn't take me down. I took myself down. I'm not bragging and boasting. I'm telling the truth. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to give anybody credit when the credit is not due to them. And so when I went in the hospital, they asked me that question about pain and I snapped. I was like, I'm tired of y'all asking me this damn question about pain. I've never had pain ever. And they looked at me like, what? I'm like, nah, how long have you had MS? I'm like, since 2013. You know what I'm saying? I'm here because I try to exit stage left. That's why I'm here. MS ain't had nothing to do with it. You know what I'm saying? I just stopped, wanted to play the game. I wanted to throw in the towel. And so they educated me, the doctors, the real doctors, educated me and told me that pain is a symptom that most people have when they have MS. Mm -hmm. Wow. So I was like, wow, that is a blessing. Wow. Wow. Okay. So this thing that I'm reading, maybe he is real. Because <laughs> it, it, it really messed up my faith. I really questioned my faith. I really was in a place that I didn't believe in God. I, um, I didn't any of that. Like, it's a bunch of shit. So it was a crisis on every level. On every level. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it really was prison because, honestly, I wanted to believe. And when it's just like a kid finds out that there's no Santa Claus. Remember back in the day, some of y'all young line believe, yeah, you did, you did, you did. And it hurt you when you found out that that whole story was a bunch of lies. The whole time, your mom and your dad got you them toys and they helped you to believe that there's another person coming down the chimney, even though you didn't have a chimney. <laughs> but y'all gonna treat. You know what I'm saying? Um, I remember when I found out I was in third grade and that was the worst day. I was like, damn, no Santa Claus? Like, who been eating the stuff that I leave out? Come find out my stuff. Like, what the? Y'all just lied to me this whole time. Like, but the thing is, is that's what I was going through when my faith was questioned. I was like, so is he not real? So this whole time I've been studying and reading this stuff and it's not real. I mean, it really shook me. It shook piss out of me. I mean, really bad. Like it was, it was bad. Well, really well, being uh, diagnosed with a chronic illness is a little bit like a betrayal of a person's body against them. Yep. And uh, the, the feelings the feelings are really complicated and um, and they sort of permeate into every aspect of life, you know, because, you know, even though you were blessed with not having any physical pain in your body, you know, there were certain activities you had to opt out of. There were certain things you could no longer do. There were probably certain friendships that were affected and your work was probably affected and your social life was affected. And, you know, but but I, I, I want to say this. Mm -hmm. It's all it's really all in your mind. 
And what I mean by that is this. So I thought MS was a curse. But in actuality, MS has been a blessing. Because had I not gotten MS and caught MS, the breakthrough would have never happened. Because I was like, man, that's on them. That's, the sick people need to worry about themselves. I got stuff I got to worry about. Like, I ain't trying to even deal with them. You know what I'm saying? And I started to really study. You know what I'm saying? One thing that I would encourage a lot of people that is going through um, whatever, describe whatever, use any adjective, do the research yourself. Because as I started researching, I found the answer of what caused my mom. And now I'm starting to see maybe that, that my grandmother, that was also mental too. My MS, if you think about the definition of uh, multiple sclerosis, they say it's an auto disease against the nervous system. 35 years, I dealt with nervous situations. I just wore, I wore a mask. You know, we talked about that last week, wearing the mask. I wore the, the mask, but for some reason, my mask wore off and I was exposed. And that was one of the main reasons or main things I had to deal with. Like now I got to show that I am vulnerable. Because people saw me in an, an, uh, in one light and I had a, a, a mask on that said, yeah, I'm that person. But deep down, I was not that person. And MS was like my coming out that had made me have to expose some of my, my weaknesses and my frailties. Um, so that's, but, that's, so that's really interesting. So, um, so your thoughts on all of this, as far as, you know, um, the beginning, middle and end of like a path from a diagnosis back to wellness from a chronic disease, one that's really serious. It sounds like, you know, you had, you discovered basically on your own because you are very curious and extremely motivated and you have that background of wanting to play to win. It sounds like you, um, you know, certainly did the typical things and, you know, surrounded yourself as best you could with a support group, peers, family, friends, faith, neighbors, and so forth you had your share of doctors and therapists and counselors and whatnot, but mostly you found yourself a safe and comfortable place where you started to process through your own feelings on this thing. Mostly you examined your faith and then you started to really look for your own answers and create the kinds of nutrition protocols and exercise protocols and sleep hygiene and different kinds of behaviors that really allowed you to recreate health within your body from the inside out. Is that kind of a fair statement? You hit it right on the head. 
Mm. You know, and like my mom, and I only knew my grandmother for five years because six, she was gone. Um, so I don't really know her, um, her lifestyle too much, but um, they were in that phase of very suppressed movement, and that will kill you. And that was what was about to kill me. Suppressing everything, not letting anybody in, um, and just moving on. Even when I was diagnosed with MS, I suppressed a lot. And it wasn't until I really started to investigate and I started to I had no problem dealing with the physical. I could I, I could hold my own with with physical. Um actually before I went in the hospital I was doing a thousand pull-ups a session. And I was doing three sessions a week. So I would do like a thousand every time I actually um worked out. Um and I I, I felt like man this is great you know what i'm saying um so physical is i I always had no problem with physical it was the mental like and when i got honest with myself and basically said dude you ain't never um really dealt with the mental you've been running You've been running this whole time since 97. Oh, wow. So so what you had to do was really begin, and this is where we want to kind of really focus our people here at The Breakthrough, because you've actually lived through this. You've been through this. You've done this. You really, and I'm right. Yeah. Let, let, me, let me just finish, if I may. You, you had to develop effective calming strategies like meditation and uh and maybe prayer, like internal visualization and, and speaking positive mantras. You know, it could also be, depending on what the thing is, it could be rhythmic rocking or dancing or walking or swimming or, you know, um, again, just listening to music, things that sort of redirect you to be able to um in your case kind of calm your central nervous system so so that that myelin sheath issue which is ms it's the degradation of the the sheath around your nerves could actually begin then through nutrition and proper sleep and so forth to actually heal yep yeah i mean and honestly it was 94 from 94 to 2013 because that's was diagnosed so that's nine years how much nine nine okay okay at nine ninety four no i think no i'm sorry 19 19 yeah it was, it was 1994 uh-huh then oh four yeah that's 19 years 19 years yeah i mean just suppressing all that stuff that's a long time um she going in and out of the hospital my sophomore to senior year, no one in the high school knew anything. And if they did, they didn't come and say, can I help you? 
How are you feeling? Everybody just let me do me and operate like a regular kid. And then she passes away my sophomore year in college. I go straight back to college. She died Christmas break. And when school came back in session, I was back in school asking questions, playing football, going to practice. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah. So for um, a lot, so for a lot, so for a lot of time, you um were kind of working against yourself, but since in the years subsequent, um, you have learned to rewrite that narrative and empower 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 yourself so here at the breakthrough here at the breakthrough um that is what our main mission is to assist our members to guide them to again rewrite a new and more empowered story about themselves so that they can find their way out of chronic illness and and back to health and um you've said already that your thinking is the key to that. Yeah, it's 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 all about ignorance. So get, about, so getting rid of that basically. Yeah, and it simply not knowing. Right. I didn't know. So how could I fix something that I had no answer to? And then when I was going to the so-called experts, they was like it's complicated. Huh? I'm coming to you, teacher. To <laughs> So, so we have a book, actually, also speaking of experts in our research, resource library, um, The Anatomy of an Illness from the Patient's Perspective by Norman Cousins. It's great. We've been talking about it on a couple of our podcasts, and we definitely uh, want to encourage everyone to pick that up. That's been a, a mainstay in your library, I'm sure. And we want to remind everyone, LaMail, um, as I said, everybody, you'd have to strap yourselves in. He's been waiting for years to tell this story. We're going to come back again and revisit this, I'm sure. Um, but for this week, we're going to conclude with just, you know, our um, weekly message that every Wednesday we will come to you with a new podcast where we will discuss mind matters, paradigm shifts, food and fitness facts, the power within, that's a huge one, self-health, beating the bars and breaking them down of chronic disease and much more. And we want for you to join us here every week because we want you near to us. So for now, we're going to sign off and uh, please join LaMail every morning um, for the Daily Dose, um, Lifeline to Healthy Living with us on Tuesdays for the members forum and um, the podcast Wednesdays and the uh, webinar on Fridays. And we will see you, see you soon. See ya.